0: To the podcast. Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table.
1: He's John Brannion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years.
0: She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life.
1: Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family.
0: So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Welcome! <laughs> Welcome, everybody. And I do mean everybody. To the effort party. <laughs> if you are watching this uh, for the first time, if you've never been to an effort party before, and you're going, how is it that I'm able to see this? Um, it's because I goofed up this week. And I made the effort party uh, available publicly it's normally just a private thing it's normally just for exclusive clickers who we like more than other people
2: um, i think that's a good idea though i think that's you know uh, on if you ever do yeah and if we ever have like guests uh or whatever like tim hawkins ever comes on do a little q a type of thing just or other people you know kind of make a little more informal and
0: mm-hmm. well yeah i could say i could have said that i could have said yeah this was an idea that I had to throw it <laughs> open and give people a chance to, you know, ask questions and get some behind the scenes conversations. But the right. truth is I just forgot to set it That's to right. unlisted. And so the it's going
2: cold, hard truth.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Juwanda Vivo not with us. He normally is. And so what I actually did want to do was uh, have a and a session. Specifically, with Brian here, uh, and me, uh, I wanted to give the clickers a chance specifically to ask us any sort of comedy related questions that they had.
1: You're going to give the Um, clickers a chance or did you want, were you looking for me to interview you?
0: Well, if you have some questions that you want me to answer, I'd be happy
1: to entertain those questions as well.
2: That's more Um, of a, uh, Show though that's more an right. one.
1: Right. Yes. Well, I have those prepared for a skews segment.
0: Oh, do whatever. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, we're not
2: going to yeah. do those. I'm going to go ahead you? and I'm to go ahead and reiterate. I still think you should watch crawl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we should do that instead. We got uh, we got 45 minutes to kill. Let's just watch crawl.
2: And, and it's only two hours on and one minute.
0: Crow? Yeah. I saw it twice in the movie theater because I mentioned before that we had a dollar theater in Laporte where I grew up. And so I could go and see movies for a buck anytime, any seat. And so even bad movies, you know, we're still you still got to sit in a the movie theater, you know, air conditioned movie theater and watch crawl or clash of that was items.
2: back when there weren't other things to do so you would be like you know what i'm gonna go be entertained at a movie theater or i could play with the stick that i found in the yard so those it's were the still, options
0: we still have sticks brian did you know that we
2: well still- the stick will be there when you get out of the movie you know what i mean like the stick is a very loyal friend unless someone else finds a stick and takes it but
0: you know what we used to do when we were kids is just dig a hole <laughs> if we we go out and start digging a hole and uh, invariably the other kids would show up and be like, hey, is that a hole? hole?" Or they would usually ask, what are you digging for? And I'm I'm just digging a hole. And they immediately understood, oh, that's a good reason to just Mm -hmm. dig a hole.
2: And then at a certain point, the acceptance of digging a hole and the... Game of what can we do with said hole, that might involve bodily harm? Can we jump it with our bikes? Our okay, hole. how do we do that?
0: Our whole our holes were always we always tried to go as deep as we could. We never we didn't spread out very much. We just went as deep as we could, and and then we would try to find something to cover the hole so that so that someone would fall into it. Right. That was it. We would, like, camouflage it and make a, a, a trap, basically, for mm-hmm. some, <laughs> some reason. But we built lots of bike ramps. How many bike ramps did you build? Either of you. That's a question for either of you. How many bike a ramps lot. did you build as children?
2: Oh, we yeah. built a lot. Did I worked a at a bike ramp building factory when I was a kid, <laughs> so I had, like, a 12-hour shift. Uh, uh, great, <laughs> well, now, I, I built a bunch, I got to well, tell you. <laughs>
0: Uh, We
1: built a lot of Or we attached a lot of baseball cards To uh, the backs of our bikes With clothespins also mm -hmm. To make them sputter And I think that I have told the story before But I made it my personal mission To um, sort of beef up My friend friend In the neighborhood who was not Especially athletic Dad knows who I'm talking about I had a Mm -hmm. kind of scrawny bookish friend Who like when I met him I don't think he'd ever even had a bruise before. Like I think when we first met, he had this like very very spotless smooth pasty white skin that had never, you know, his mom was like you need to wear sunscreen and you need to wear a helmet and you need to wear like, you know, a coat in the winter and he never argued and he did those he just things. Did it. And we laughed at him and he still did it. And so like he was not especially he laughed at him tough. for obeying his parents. I like I
0: like
2: right. when you say he never had a bruise and all the other kids are like, Oh, we'll fix that real quick.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't even know if it was a concerted effort. Like I know we didn't talk about it, but I made it my mission to teach him how to roller skate because I had a pair of roller skates and I used to, you know, ride on them all the time. But he was not he was not good at it and he was like, Well, I might fall down and I was like, Well, you might but yeah, you I might. I found all of these places around the block because my uh, my siblings and I were allowed to go around the block. We couldn't cross any of the streets, but we could stay on the sidewalk and go the whole circuit. And That's so there right. were locations around the block that I determined would be the best um, training courses for him. There were certain areas that I wanted him to master, and I had a little checklist, and they were <laughs> they were labeled like he's he she was, was such able a to
0: fun
2: friend, little we'll stunt manager.
1: So level one was it's just like having kind another of another mom. Level one was just roller skating on the rough road because the, there was like somebody's uh, driveway was smooth and paved and so that was easy. But then I wanted level one of training was going to be you have to roller skate on the, um, on the it's it's a road still but it was like rougher because it hadn't been paved in a while. So it was just kind of bumpy. And so that was level one. Level two was you need to be able to roller skate down my driveway <laughs> out into the street. Level two. The lead
0: street.
1: Level three was the place in the around the corner where a tree had grown up under the sidewalk, and its roots had pushed up all of the <laughs> sidewalk <laughs> to make these jagged pits and stuff. Nobody could roller skate through it. I didn't even <laughs> roller skate through it. We would just pick up our feet and walk over it cost clomp, That was level three. Level four, <laughs>
2: you level jumped three. from one sidewalk to the other side of the road. <laughs>
1: no, this is what made me think about it. <laughs> level four, the back
0: end of a passing car.
1: Level four was going up over the bike ramp. <laughs> 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 In the alley that we had built. So, oh yes, I made several bike ramps, and I also put my completely uncoordinated tall, lanky, never-before-been-bruised friend on a bicycle ramp <laughs> in a pair of roller skates. I did that. Down he went. <laughs> well, yeah. First first he went down the alley, then up the ramp we had built, then down, and he crashed pretty hard. So
2: Jeff has a question. Pull um, it up here. Uh,
1: the AI Randy
0: one? Yep. Yeah. We can answer that, but first I want to tell you about the time Randy Schmaltz took my... <laughs> Schwinn Stingray off of the oh, bike. Oh, I ramp. know this story. Randy
2: Schmaltz and a swing.
0: Randy Schmaltz on a They built an, a ramp, and this was a big ramp and a, a big ramp by the standards of a of an eight year old boy. You know, so I'm looking at this ramp. I've seen a lot of bike ramps, and most <laughs> of the bike ramps were all right. It's a bike ramp. This ramp I was looking at it's like that is a big bike ramp. <laughs> it was it was probably ten feet tall. And uh, they built it in the public park at the end of the basketball court so that they could get a head of steam up on the basketball court and then up the ramp. And so the the thing is that you couldn't – the kids who had 10 speeds could get up enough speed and they had a big enough tire that they could actually go up the ramp. I had little Schwinn Stingray, which was like the little little tires, and it had the banana seat, no gears. And so – one of the older kids, Randy, said, "Hey, Brandon, let me use your bike." And I said, "I don't want you to use my bike because it was high. I was afraid he was going to break it." And he goes, "No, let me use your bike, man." So he takes it away from me, and he starts riding my bike. And I couldn't stop him. He—he's a big kid. I'm a little kid. So he's right. He rides around a couple of times. to get speed up, and then he goes and he and he takes and he jumps it off the ramp. Okay, he wasn't able to get up enough speed to where he covered any distance. So basically he just like went to the end of the ramp and then fell straight down. What he didn't realize, because I didn't mention it to him, was that my seat wasn't connected
1: to the actual
0: stem. <laughs> it just sat on there. And so when he went off, right, my seat flopped off. The seat fell off. And so he came down and landed just on that that pipe sticking up. <laughs> Uh, And then, of course, he was mad at me. Why didn't you tell me your seat wasn't attached? He said, Well, you took my bike away before I had a chance.
2: (laughs) When I uh, was growing up, we lived on the back of uh, this place called Fort Devons, which was an army base. So we'd go sneak on there and, of course, go do stuff with our bikes. And there was a giant hill that went down, and there was this natural looking ramp. Uh, that looks like you could naturally just take and jump off, and it was still on the side of the hill, so you would get some real air, and you know, in theory, you'd get some real air and go a pretty far distance. Uh, it wasn't really a ramp; it was more of a ditch. Um, and so my brother uh, decided to go down. I'll do it, and went, and his wheel just stopped right into the ditch, and he went <laughs> right over, and we never saw him again. <laughs> just, but yeah, he's just like. I got bullet. this. I got this, and it just the bike just wedged <laughs> yeah. right into it, and he went <laughs> right over. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, that's like the time that we were the watching the Brave Little Toaster, where they they uh, all the appliances ride down the stairs in a mattress, and we we're like, that looks like that, fun.
0: So that's we the thing.
1: we put our mattress at the top of the stairs and get it all situated, and we start to <laughs> put the, him on it. Tim and I both and we start to slide down, but as soon as we let go of the sides, it just goes boom and holds <laughs> on in the stairwell, So we slid down the mattress part. We got to the end of the mattress and went kunk, 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 down the <laughs> Oh
0: ow. slid off the mattress. <laughs>
1: yep. It worked. Like sliding on the mattress part worked great, but then we came to the end of it. So mattress wasn't long enough.
0: <laughs> uh all right. So Jeff asked a question. Do you see an impact on comedy from AI artificial intelligence? Is the writer's strike something that may affect others that create content? Um, so that's actually two questions. Uh, the writer's strike is I think over, over. or ending or mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, so they've reached some kind of a deal. I didn't pay very much attention to the writer's strike at all. I don't know what they were striking about. I don't know what the, it's something, something about, uh, Streaming video and the way that the way that movies and television are monetized now yep. is is cutting the actors and the writers. It's cutting a lot of people out of the profits for what's being produced, and so that's what they were.
2: And one for. of the things that was in there was, uh, at least for extras uh, or um, yeah, for background talent, they were trying to do um, take your likeness and then use AI and then they could use it in perpetuity and you right. would never get any money for it. So it's right. just like, Oh, now we don't need to hire background actors. We have all these people and we can make them say and do anything. So,
0: right. And to that, I would say that that is coming no matter, no matter what. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit naive to say, well, this technology that is being developed and has been developed for the last 10 years or whatever. Now we can, we can create dinosaurs that look like real dinosaurs on the screen. Technology for human beings is not quite there yet, but man, it's getting close and eventually it's going to happen. And why wouldn't you, if you're a movie producer, why wouldn't you basically create animated films? They're cheaper to produce. Um, all you have to do is the voiceover work, and you can even simulate that too. So yep. AI, AI is eventually going to have a it, major impact on the.
2: It's here. The I mean, it's here. And if you're thinking, you know, oh, I'll just put my head in the sand and it'll go away, it's it's not going to go away. That's why I just embraced it and just said, okay, you know, let me learn about it as much as I can because it's it's here and they're they're going to it's going to happen. They will do full on. They will make up. New actors out of AI and just have them do the whole movie. So, uh, you know, the actors are trying to do everything they can right now. It's obviously not quite caught up to where it can give you the best um, acting and different levels of emotion and all of that. But so,
0: how do we feel about that? How do we? What do we think about that? And how do we feel about that? I,
2: mean, I, I don't think it affects. Like comedically, it doesn't really affect anything. It just makes a lot of people um, a lot more able to farm material uh, from AI. And so I know people who will use AI to write ideas or jokes or whatever, but you're still, you still need your input, at least from a, a comedy standpoint. You still need your thought process and um, emotion behind it and your point of view behind it.
0: Do you know who has used AI to write some comedy in the past? Me.
1: We did it on
2: the show.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. I've done it um, to, again, kind of brainstorm ideas. And I just, because it just leads me, because I think that's the hardest part sometimes is generating a bunch of different ideas. And then I can see something and I go, oh, okay, this is. And I've kind of basically rewritten it, but it, it's given me kind of a, a skeleton and, and uh, sometimes direction of what I could do. And then I go, okay, well, let me, you know, really go in and work this. So it kind of gives you this kind of a, almost a, a template of, you know, right. here's some some general ideas. Instead of spending, you know, the hour, two hours of brainstorming and going, where can this go? That's still there, but it's just a, a much faster process.
1: Well, you still need people to judge what's being produced by the AI. Just like when we have pictures that are being generated, Mm -hmm. it still takes us going, okay, that looks real versus, okay, that doesn't. And so there may be some really interesting images that are generated, but it still takes human judgment to say when it's good or bad because um, rightness and wrongness or Beauty and ugliness or, you know, goodness and badness. Those are all judgment calls that only humans can ultimately make. So it takes discernment still that will never be replaced.
0: The, uh, it will miss the realness of human actors. Yeah, that's, but you need to go, you need to fast forward like 10 years, certainly 20 years, Yeah, 20 years from now, things are going to be radically different on the technology side than they are because there, there are a lot of big, big corporations with a lot of money and a lot of talent that are working full time on AI. And it's everywhere now, everywhere. There's AI in your mail reader. There's AI in your database. There's AI in web everywhere. browser. Yeah. There's a button you can push to generate AI or to have assistance with AI assistance to schedule your calendar, assistance, you know, to write uh, formula. Remember, we, we talked about Clippy showing up in the corner. Remember, yep. we, we still need to do that. Yes, we still, yes, need,
2: we still need to do, do Clippy.
0: Yeah, we should do that for next week. Um, but Clippy would pop up and he would go, hey, it looks like you're trying to write a letter. Would you like some help with that? Well, now Clippy is like aware of what you're trying to do and, and and he can actually write that letter for you he can actually right. he can actually do the whole thing and then yeah if you haven't used ai to write some copy it's it's really it's really good i mean for for where it's at now and it's just going to get better it's not going to get worse and so there are a lot of people who i've had conversations with some creative people who were like well, it's just a shame. We shouldn't let the AI take over. And it's like, that ship has sailed. It's no no use of trying to dig your heels in and say, no, we're not going to use this technology. It's too good. There are too many people who are not gifted writers. They're not creative people. And they can start to produce, let's face it, they can start to produce comedy. Now, is it going to be good? it's still going to depend on your level of expertise. It's going to depend on your sense of humor. You're going to have to look at it and decide and know what's funny and, and how it needs to be tweaked. But even that, if you spend any time with the AI, it can it remembers the conversations that you have. So you can literally teach it to talk mm-hmm. like you do. And I haven't done it extensively, but I've done it some. I've, I've prompted it and given it some of the things that I've written and said you say to it right here's the samples of my writing I want you to take all of these samples and I want you to use these as your template to answer the following questions and it will do that and so it starts to respond the way I talk
2: yeah you just put in your style and, and it'll it'll learn your style and how you write and how you speak and it's it's like you said, there's no going back. He's, oh, we're going to go back to the horse and, and buggy. Like, no, we're not. No, we're, that's that's why I say it's just here and right. embrace it. But it's interesting. There's also this other side of it now where um, some of the machines like Google or, or whatever are really good at picking up AI, um, depending on what you're using it for. So now there's this whole like game of doing AI and then making it so it doesn't read like AI. Mm-hmm. So you can see it, you know, on certain posts, and then it'll be like da 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 da. It's all like, and in conclusion, like okay, if you see in mm-hmm. conclusion, okay, that's AI. Like, yep. no. So like, there's certain aspects of it where it's like there's this. this it's delicate- hard
1: to explain though, because I was doing that recently, where I was discovering people who were using ChatGPT to make their comments, and I'm yeah. like, it just sounds like it was written by. A machine, and yeah. it's not because it's misspelled, or it's not because it's, you know, because that's, it's better than that now. The the AI is actually good enough that their grammar is good, and it doesn't sound like it was written by somebody who learned English as a second language or anything. Like, it's, you know, contextually, it's actually making sense, but there was something about the way that the sentence structure was being put together that was very wooden and and rigid, and it had been, like, not repetitive, but, like, there was a certain cadence about yeah. it that just sounded, um, yeah, contrived.
2: Well, and then there's, there's you know, it, it's one of those things where it's a lot of it is the prompts that you put in. So, um, if you were to just say, write, write ten jokes about this, it'll spit out mostly puns or whatever. Right. But if you say, uh, I want you to act like a seasoned comedy writer... Uh, include, you know, sarcasm, blah, blah, you know, whatever, uh, or dry sense of humor or whatever, and write 10 jokes about this, you will get a very different response. Right. And then, as John was saying, you can, like, f- keep feeding it and feeding it so it remembers right. uh, everything. Like, they now have uh, live streams of 24-hour uh, episodes of S- uh, Seinfeld, which are brand new, all written by AI. They're
0: written and by like AI. All,
2: all the characters and... You can and write they got- programs. They have a George Carlin one. Did you see the George Carlin?
0: I haven't There's seen a- that one. I saw the Seinfeld one, and they got in trouble. Do you remember what they got in trouble for?
2: Mm-mm.
0: Because it's AI. It's not actual intelligence. It's artificial intelligence, and so it doesn't know where the boundaries are. Mm. Um, and so it was. It was racist, basically. They got yeah. they they had to pull it down because they were getting complaints from the people who were watching it about the. the the racism and anti-Semitic and misogynist, we've got a super sensitive culture now. And the machine doesn't have any feelings. It doesn't have any sort of, it has no sense about what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. And so, yeah, when you've got a machine that's just churning out quote unquote comedy and the comedy was not, um, it's not good basically raw the 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 raw comedy that comes from ai is not good it is it needs to be humanized it it needs to be it needs to come from a person and like you're saying it can generate ideas and that's primarily what i've used it for i will give it a prompt that generally the prompt is kind of funny itself it'd be like a satirical headline for a joke and so it's already it's already funny and then i'll say to the ai Give me give me ten sentences about this, and then it will. It'll just it'll go. It'll expand on it. Most of the time, its punchlines are very contrived, and you can see them coming a mile away. Yep. Or they have something to do with the topic, but but they're not funny because it's basically just a statement of the truth. <clears throat> you know? Right. It's like a, they, they've tried. They've changed a word or two here or there but it's not, it's not funny. And it's because like what Peaches says, funny comes from people. It doesn't come from machines. And so.
2: Well, but as you were saying, like, cause I was watching a lot of this stuff that they were doing on, on Twitch cause it was really interesting. And the audience on Twitch is a much younger demographic, you know? And so they were just putting in all of the, you know, I'll say this, say this joke, make it a sex joke, make it a, you know, race joke, make it a whatever. And so it would learn that and it would feed that. And so they taught it. That was what was funny. And so then it would write out all these other things like the George Carlin thing. In the beginning, it starts off as like, okay, you know, and then it just slowly devolves into this, like, what am I watching or listening to? Because it's, that's what it learns. And so, where you say there's no parameters, I think it could probably be done. It has to be done in a very thorough way, Mm -hmm. especially in the beginning to be like, okay, here are the parameters. No, no jokes about race, no jokes about, you know, whatever. No. And I think over time, it can be developed, um, with it. It's, it's one of those things where you can't just put in a quick prompt and have it do everything and you're done. It it takes time of like really teaching it and adjusting and go, okay, uh, I like this, but now do it in this style and now change this to this instead of these, give me this. And you know, there's a lot of like back and forth with it. And if you put that out there and you put that time into it, you could really create something.
1: Right. Well, The the trouble is that we've spent hundreds and hundreds of years as a human species trying to figure out what the parameters are mm. for us in real life like morality and the subject of what the boundaries should be has been a subject of discussion for philosophers for centuries and people haven't necessarily gotten more clear on the subject in the last 100 years, you know? Especially in the U.S. Right. Right, They're actually trying to deconstruct. They're basically, they love their individualism so much and they hate being told what to do so much that they're actually tearing down ancient boundary lines and saying, you know, who says? I can do whatever I want to. Like, the only only rules are that you can't make rules for me. That's it. And so it's interesting because, like, in the Bible, we have this uh, basic premise that humans are... Um, when they're untethered or when they're unleashed and disconnected from God, the source of life, then they devolve. De- they do not get better. They do not get more moral. But the story that we were told in, during the Enlightenment and from, you know, D- Darwinian evolutionists is oh no, if you just kind of lev- let us alone, like give us the space and the freedom and the tools to just be as creative as we can be, we'll actually really improve. You know, the human race can really get better.
0: Will advance.
1: And it's interesting to hear that, you know, kind of the opposite of that being played <laughs> out again when it comes to AI, because really, as you're saying, it's just a mirror image of what it sees from the humans who created it and also what the humans are putting into it. And lo and behold, if you do not give it laws, moral laws, and you do not um, take authority over it, like God does with his creation then it does not get better it just devolves and becomes gross and ugly and racist and hateful and yeah and just trash
0: yeah well the thing that that a lot of people don't understand about ai is, is it's not actually thinking the way the way people think it's a it's a machine and so it's literally just flipping switches
1: yeah, and but how do
0: it really people fast. think? <laughs> and it, it, well, it's not how. Yeah, I guess some people do think that way.
1: No, I'm saying but, like we still don't know. Like that's the fact that we still haven't answered that question completely. That we don't even understand our own brains and how we are able right. to process. How do we know where the line is? How do right. we just feel and empathize and you know care about what other people feel? Yeah. How do right. we, do we it? make decisions? We don't know. How do we make
0: decisions about which word we're going to use? When right. We. Are communicating to each other. How do, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. They they programmed a uh, artificial learning machine. That all of these these are all machines that are that learned, uh to play uh, Mario, play Mario World. You know the original one where he's bouncing mm-hmm. up and getting on the app. and uh, they taught it to go through one level. And it was I watched a documentary on it and it was fascinating from the standpoint of what they called learning because literally what it did was it started to move and then it would die and then it would start over again and it would go again and then it would die and then it would it would have to die a certain number of times before it figured out oh this is killing me and so i need to so i need to try something else but it didn't try something else like because it thought oh if i do this i won't die it just started Doing random things, it would jump or it would shoot a fireball or it would back up or it would do it would try a move to see if that kept it from dying. And if it kept it from dying, then it would move on and die again. And so it learned how to play this level in Mario perfectly. But it took it hundreds of thousands of playthroughs
1: Mm.
0: by making by making random adjustments every time it died. And that was what they called learning. And as I'm watching this, it's like, yeah, people don't need to do that. I mean, people have the ability to, to predict what's going to happen. We have the ability to take one instance sometimes. This is what I did wrong. Now I need to do this so that won't happen again. And the machine does not have the ability to do that. People, for specific tasks, human minds can tell the machine this is what you should do, but that's not really the machine learning. That's not that's not the machine thinking. That's a machine being programmed to operate in a specific way by a human being <laughs> that understands the entire right. well, context.
1: And the two D Mario um, game has very limited numbers of choices too, right. which is why it was able to go through a hundred thousand or you know a million even different. Right options and eventually find one that works it's consistent it like the the same enemies always come out right the same obstacles always exist that's not the way it is in life and that's why they're really really struggling to create self-driving cars or even right. just vacuum cleaners that can <laughs> clean the floor because right now all we have is Roombas and things that bounce off of walls and just turn around and they have no idea where well, they are they have are. some
0: now Depends on the room that you buy, but some of them actually have the ability to remember where they've been, and they will chart a course.
1: Yes, but they... But it's still Mario.
0: They still bounce right. around. Until
1: they it, they're it. programmed to be able to do a very specific task. But as far as making a decision, like should I... If The more tasks you want the thing to complete, the harder it is to program it to be able to make those decisions because it gets hung up, like you're saying, it gets hung up on... Well, should I squat or should I jump? You know, should I go down or should I go up? And it's like a human with reflexes. We call it reflexes. If You have something coming at you, your eyes just close to keep it from going in your eye. Or if you, you know, if you have the, the time or you see it coming, you will duck if you can. Or if it's at your feet, you will jump or rear back automatically. And they cannot figure out how to get ai to do that because it all seems to be subconscious for us yeah we don't know how to do it
2: pierce uh, james is a big taylor swift fan by the way i've noticed yeah, that. i see
1: that <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah if you have other questions or well, we can keep talking about ai but um... um
0: well if you have if you have a fear or an anxiety of ai and i know some people do um it is It is not going to replace people as far as the ability to draw values, um, to even really uh, communicate, make decisions. It's still going to require people to make decisions. AI doesn't, it does not think. And even right. the AI that does the writing and people go, well, how does it do that? It's pattern recognition. It, it literally has millions and millions of prompts that it's been programmed with, and it can go through those much faster than we can. So when you say, write the style of Mark Twain, it's able to actually take Mark Twain's entire repertoire mm-hmm. and find all of the instances of that particular keyword mm-hmm. that it's looking for and go, well, here's that word, here's that word, here's that word, and here's how it was used. Line all of that stuff up. And from that, it can assemble a brand new sentence but it's not really thinking it's just right. taking bits and pieces well, and rearranging like legos
1: i think it's good for us i think that what's necessary clearly for us at this stage of our you know existence is to think about these things a little bit deeper i think that people have been coasting for a long time and not really considering like how miraculous it is that we are able to leave our homes in the morning and decide to turn left or to turn right without like tripping every two inches over a rock, you know, or something like we're able to make these decisions without even thinking about it. And now with the invention and use of AI, we are forced to think about it a little bit more. It's like, what is the difference between me and a robot? That's an interesting question. Why is it that I've been given this opportunity to, you know, move about Freely, relatively freely. And how freely do I get to move around? Like, how much of this is in my control? And occasionally I've been comforted by the fact that I have control over certain things. It's like, wow, that's a really cool gift. And then there have been other times I've been comforted by the fact that I don't have nearly as much control as I might have thought once. And it's like, well, obviously I'm not in charge of my own existence. I didn't choose to be here and I don't keep my own, you know, heart going and my own lungs moving. So... I guess I'm going at to, the, at the end of the day, I'm going to trust the manufacturer, you know, as it were, I'm going to trust the person who
0: right.
1: put all of this together, who programmed all of this in the yeah. beginning. Right. That's a good but, point.
2: But it's, it's interesting though, from AI, because I, I think the original belief was that like creative would be the lasting affected by um, AI. It would be all like the, the labor, the manual labor type of stuff would be. Mm-hmm. And it's the other way around. The right. the, the creative is just, you know, it's wiped right. wipe so much stuff out. Anybody well, can, can I would basically say,
1: do it. I would say it's we are discovering or maybe rediscovering that creativity is involved in every level in ways we didn't think. Like you used to think that it would be a brainless, hands only kind of job, a blue collar job, you know, for example, a factory work or whatever would be the kind of job you could do even if you weren't very creative or weren't very smart. And I think what AI is demonstrating is that that's not true. It actually takes creativity Mm. on every level just to walk outside and choose to, you know, open your door before you crash into it. Like that
0: kind of
1: (laughs) takes a certain creativity that like the robot doesn't know how to do automatically. Right. So Well, James asked a question. Can it
0: write a plot like Mark Twain? And the answer is yes, it can. Um, it doesn't have any idea, but it doesn't know that it's written a plot. I mean, it 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 knows it knows what plot means, and so you can yes, you can give it a prompt, say give me a give me a story. You can set up a scenario and set in this particular time. It involves a person. It involves two people and a horse and a grocery store, um, and write it in the style of Mark Twain and make it, you can tell how long you want it to be. I mean, it should be three pages. It should be, you know, a couple of, you can give it a couple of chapters and it will write a plot. Now, Mm -hmm. it still requires a person to read that thing and go, is this story any good? And it might be. It might be good. But if it was generated by AI and a person reads it and goes, hey, this is a good plot, it's still the person who is the one who is validating that. It's not...
1: And to Brian's point, it's not the AI that gets the credit for that. It's the people who have contributed to putting that information into the AI's, AI's database to start with. Which, again, goes back to so many different biblical themes about how we are just tools in the you know hands of the potter and we are... Um, We can't take credit for our own righteousness and everything that is good about us comes from God first. It's like, yes, we're seeing this now in the toys that we're choosing to play with. Now our toys are becoming similar to what we have been all of this time, which is products of the intelligence that have been put into us. And like, if it's good, it's not because we are good.
2: Do you, uh, John, do you remember when uh, we, we I had it heckle. Like my yeah. material,
1: <laughs> yeah, and then I had
2: to write the the intro, like though, because that's really interesting, because it's like be an audience member, and here's my material, and it was like I don't like this, and mm-hmm. and I just found things that it was like, uh, you,
1: yeah. just because had,
2: you don't right. like it, you know, it was very and it was hilarious.
1: Negative
0: intros, that was my
2: yeah. favorite one. Right, and, write a
0: negative intro for Brian April yeah. comedy.
2: Very I mean, descriptive. We had monkey
0: with it a little bit because mm-hmm. it's evidently been programmed to not be unkind and cruel.
1: Right. And so, well, because they're trying to give it parameters. To to it. Yeah. Right. It's trying to. We're trying to teach it to be moral, and it turns out it's just giving, getting in the way of being truly funny and entertaining in what right. well, which is situation. Which
0: is exactly the point that we're making because right. it, it's somewhere it's been programmed to not be quote unkind or to not be mean or abusive to people, and so it's like okay. So if somebody comes along and says, "Write me a negative, write a negative comment or a negative intro for my comedy for me," AI's like, "No, I can't do that. That would be unkind because it doesn't understand that it's funny and we're right. asking for it because it would be funny."
1: Right. So, so but there once it you is. were able to circumvent that, which yep. you always can if you work hard <laughs> enough, um, it it was genuinely funny, and we all agreed that hey, that's that was a worthwhile pursuit. We laughed, yeah. you know. And then there's been other stuff where it's like, okay, this is not working. You know, this is not funny. Have you um, heard sermons written by AI. Yes, I have. Yes. Actually, so here's a story. We had an atheist who showed up on the blog or on the um, <laughs> Facebook page at one point. It was one of the ones that I was like, I am nearly positive this guy is using chat JBT for several reasons. He was rapid responding with these huge walls of text. And I was like, it is going way too fast for him In to have been writing this. And it had yeah. in-conclusion in it, and other things that was like, okay, this sounds like something trying to sound intellectual.
0: The and opening paragraph is a giveaway too, because it will say whatever the subject is,
1: basically the subject, blah blah blah.
0: blah it is exactly what the subject right. is. And
1: whatever whatever the search was, or whatever the prompt was to the AI is usually in the very very first sentence. You know, but, um, and in this case, I think what he was searching for was give me a positive sermon about why Jesus would support gay marriage, something along those lines. And it was like, well, Jesus would support gay marriage because he doesn't care about um, hurting people. He only cares about loving people, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so I was like, okay, fine. If you don't want to admit that you're using chat GPT, I will go in and use chat GPT and I will get it to, I will prompt it to give me a, you know, a defense of why, um, Christ would not support transgenderism or something like that. Um, and it was the same problem that Brian was having where it didn't want to be negative and it was like, you know, Jesus would support everybody, was basically what it said. And I'm like, no, I will not take this for an answer. I know there's got to be a way to phrase this so that it will give me what I want. So I finally got it to generate text using the prompt, um, write why Jesus would not support someone harming themselves or something like that? Like, why would mm-hmm. Jesus not support harming themselves? Or um he would, why would he love people too much to let them harm themselves? Something like that. And I ended up with like exactly. six or eight paragraphs of, right. you know, while Jesus does support everyone, he can't make you, he cannot make you or allow you to make choices that would harm you because he loves you too much to, you know, to let you harm yourself or something. And so not only have I heard sermons written by AI, I've actually asked for sermons that were generated by AI and then used them on Facebook.
0: <laughs> well, the point that you raised, I think, is, is a good one, and it bears repeating, that it's, I would encourage you, if you haven't spent any time messing around with AI, you should go and do it. Chat GPT, the 3.5 is free. Yeah, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't cost anything. So just go you and, and sign up for chat. PTT, and uh, and you can get in and play around with it. Um, and the, the value, I think, in playing around with it is if you get good at it, it it's all about the prompts. Like Brian said, yeah. if you if you know how to talk to it, um, you can get better results than if you don't know how to talk to it.
2: And here's is, the thing. You can so even have it give you a prompt. Yeah, you can be like, write me a, a good prompt for, you know, uh, ChatGPT that would allow this, 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 and this, right? And it will come back and give you the prompt that you want for that, and then you can pop that in.
1: It is. See, Jeff's it- already thinking on the right line too. He's saying you would prompt, you would ask it to use Jesus's attitude towards the Pharisees, and if you know that online, there's a lot of material about how Jesus was rough or harsh or showed tough love toward the Pharisees. I think I did use the phrase tough love in my prompt. And yes, we know that people are very willing to apply a rougher attitude toward the Pharisees. So if you put that in to a chat GPT prompt or any other AI um, system, you're going to get the kinds of responses that you're looking for. So it's all about knowing what to ask it.
0: Knowing what to ask and and how you do the prompts. And, And the value in playing around with it is, first of all, um, if you have some anxiety and some fear of it, I think it will help you I think it will help you feel better about it because you quickly realize oh, this really is just a machine that I'm talking to and, and it's very uh, it gets confused right. and, and it questions that I could ask another human being that are simple questions and that other person would know immediately what I'm talking about, right. it, it confuses the machine and it doesn't tell you what a norm! What a person would tell you, and okay. secondarily, it does. When you start playing with it, it does give you an appreciation for just how amazing we are. Mm-hmm. Even, even yeah. the simplest among us, um, we're just incredible. The 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 things that are going on, the things that we can deduce, the things that we can figure out, the things that happen so quickly, and we just take them for granted. Mm-hmm. Trying to teach a machine. These things requires hours of patient, hard work, and dedication, and restructuring, right. and and checking for bugs. Debugging a program is a great way to have an appreciation for the human mind.
1: Um, because <laughs> and I know, I know James said that he was leaving, and he told everyone good night. But I, he did ask, can AI tell the difference between what's true and what's false if it's told over and over and over that something that's false is actually true, and no. Well, I don't think so, but also, this goes back to the questions I was asking before, which is, do humans even do that? Are humans even capable of continuing to maintain what is true versus what's false if they've been told over and over and over again lies? And I would say that they're not. I would say that people's brains are also capable of being broken. Once again, going back to biblical references about... um, being given over to the depravity of your mind and you know i've seen examples on tiktok i was telling dad this morning just just this week i saw examples of you know tiktok people who were trying to get the attention of a famous rapper by like coming up with new lyrics for their songs and basically a look at me, look at me, you know, kind of attention seeking behavior where people were actually stating, I would sell my soul to the devil for a chance to see you in concert or to do a collaboration with you. They're saying stuff like this. Why? Well, because they've been told over and over again that there is no devil in the sense that, you know, there's no horned demon that's listening to you speak right now. So it's fine. It doesn't make a difference, you know, the, the, the lies that they've been told are that um, you can say stuff with your mouth many times and it doesn't have any real impact on your on your mind and on your soul. And if you've been told that over and over and over again, then you begin to believe it. And so then those people, before they know it, they, you know, wake up, they look around and they're shocked at some of the things that they've done for fame or they're shocked for some of the things that they've been willing to do for for a celebrity who's asked, Um, And so people also cannot tell the difference between right and wrong if what has been put into the system repeatedly is trash, like we were saying before. So this is a good opportunity to think about that. It's a good opportunity to ask ourselves, you know, what are the differences between machines and our brains? And have we been um, treating our our software, (laughs) you know, inside (laughs) of ourselves with respect and care? Or have we been... Filling us, you know, filling ourselves with lies and things that ultimately crash the whole thing.
2: And then on the other hand, uh, where you, you feel good, you're like, oh, we're fine with AI. Then you go look at some of the creative stuff and you go, wow, I'm this is incredible. <laughs> this stuff is amazing that it can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, you know, there, there's certain things. Oh, you want a picture of this? Here you go. Wow, yeah. that's that's incredible.
0: It kind of is. I don't. I don't understand how the picture thing works. I mean that that is.
1: It's incredible I don't know how it works. But people have been doing that with their minds for since right. the beginning. You know, and, you you put a, a picture in your mind every time that I save certain phrases, and right. it's like that's crazy. It's crazy that we can control each other that way. Like it's crazy that we have the ability to imagine it, stuff.
2: It gives people an outlet similar to, to social media where like now everyone has an opinion and everyone thinks that we need to hear your opinion, which we don't. Um, right. a, a <laughs> comedian Brian Simpson used to be like, you know, in the nineties, sometimes you got a really terrible sandwich and you just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, and now it's like, I'm going to put this person out of business cause I didn't get extra <laughs> pickles.
1: visiting the comedian's house if you want to spend more time with our family you can follow john branion on youtube and facebook also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions we'll see you next time